0: Love, talk Radio.
1: Hey kids, do you like the rock and roll? You're checking in with your smoking nephew, Blazing rye, It's Monday, January twentieth at uh, eight o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, so last week, uh, as as you've seen, my uh, usual co-host Tamika, she is lost in the woods somewhere. So. Uh, last week I began the podcast uh, a la Mark Marin and just kind of, uh, you know, complained for about 40 minutes. Because <laughs> the first guest didn't call in until the last five minutes of his interview. Um, but tonight I'm, uh, I'm going to start with a little more uh, Nerdist style, Chris Hardwick style, and just uh, talk a little bit before the theme song. Um, and it's so cool that I'm actually talking about what I'm doing right now, isn't it? the fuck, man. Um, so, hey, we have a new website up. It's called B-L-A-Z-I-N-R-Y, R-A-D-I-O. dot com. Check it out, man. Check out BlazinRyRadio.com. When you're there, scroll to the bottom of the screen. Click on the banner that says buying razors sucks because it does. Don't you hate when you go to the the uh, Duane Reed or the CBS or the Rite Aid or the Walgreens, you go up to the guy and you're like, can I get a Gillette Fusion with dust butter on the side and some fries with wings and shit? Uh, well, no need to confuse anyone anymore because you know exactly what you're getting. If you go to blazingryeradio.com, scroll to the bottom of the screen, click on the band that says Buying Razors Sucks, and it will take you to Dollar Shave Club. Here's how it works. You get three great blades to choose from for either one measly dollar a month plus shipping and handling, six measly dollars a month, shipping and handling included, or nine dollars a month, shipping and handling included. All of them are amazing. You could upgrade and downgrade as you want, change your blade with two clicks and receive it the next month. The handle is still included free. Don't you hate that when you go into the Duane Reed and you're like, let me get a razor, and the guy's like, Every single time, 100% of the time, I guarantee you, you've all been there. Every time, the guy or the woman is like, okay, which set of blades do you want? Happens every time. And you have to explain, no, I want the actual razor. I want the actual fucking stick, man. I want that stick. But the thing is, you're going to need blades with the stick, right? And sometimes what you do is you get the stick, and you think there's like three or four blades in there, but lately, they've been taking the blades out of them things. So you're left with like one blade, two blades, and you've been growing that Grizzly Adams, uh, Mr. Chagru beard, you don't know what to do. Um, You wind up all lathered up, and then you realize that if you keep shaving, uh, your razor can't handle you. So check it out, blazingryradio.com. Go to the bottom of the screen. Click on the banner for Dollar Shave Club. Handle is included. Every new member gets a free compatible handle, and if you upgrade and downgrade your plan to a different blade, you get another free handle. Tons of free shit, man. You're going to love your blades, but even if you don't, you can cancel at any time. So go ahead, sign up, click on the banner. It says, buying razors sucks, because it fucking does. Tonight on the show, we have some rock and rollers. Hey, hey kids, do you like the rock and roll? From upstate New York, we got Frank Palangi. And from another place that I'm about to find out, Stephen James Wiley. Let's get it cracking, y'all. As I said, we've got a couple of rockers on the show, Frank, Polangi and Steven, Jay, uh, James Wiley. Um, we're going to play some of their music. You're going to be introduced to these guys, if you don't already know them. Um, some pretty talented dudes. The other housekeeping thing I want to mention tonight is uh, that we are currently nominated for a Shorty Award in podcasting. So please, for the love of God, I'm down on my knees begging you go to shortyawardscom slash blaze and, rye and nominate blaze rye in the cate- category of podcasting. All right. That's, that's what it looks like. We're going to do the best in. So right now I can tell you right now that I'm, I'm coming in at number 11 and uh, let me tell you who's coming in ahead of me uh, without naming them there two two slots ahead of me at number nine. There is a baby in a helmet and camouflage makeup on. He's, is beating me, kicking my ass right now. Ahead of him is a thing called Mexican Directioners, which is, I guess, the, the Mexican One Direction podcast of sorts, um, also kicking my ass. Uh, and then you got some guy who says he's a nerd after that, and then a guy named Dennis, and then some sisters. And uh, Anyway, the guy at number one looks like a nice guy. Looks like a happy, smiley, friendly guy. Um, and I don't know a lot about him other than I think that he he hosts a podcast dedicated to Pokemon. Is it Pokemon if it's plural? Is it Pokemon or Pokemon? If it's dedicated to Pokemon then is only dedicated to one Pokemon, or is it dedicated to Pokemon? Um Pokemon's even. So this guy with Pokemon podcast is kicking all of our asses. Here's the thing. That doesn't need to be the case, all right? Uh, it is so hard for some reason to get people to vote for the Shorty Awards, but all you have to do is take about three seconds of your time go to shortyawards.com slash Rye. Make sure you're logged in through your Twitter account. See, this is when every year my friends who say, oh, I don't tweet, when they really fuck me over. So, shortyawards.com slash rye, Nominate Rye in podcaster um, because after all, you like us, it seems. You listen to us every week. Every actually twice a week. And uh and we have a good time with you as well. So uh again, shortywards.com slash blazon rye. All right, thank you. So um the other guy I think I kinda started the podcast as last week, other than Mark Marin, was a little Bill Burry. Um <laughs> because this guy, he comes on and all he does is talk uh, every Monday, whether he's in a hotel room or at his house or whatever, and and you know that's kind of what I'm doing right now, and it's kind of what I did last week. And people keep saying I got to hear his podcast, and I've tried, and I just can't get into it for some reason. So if any of you want to send me like a uh, want to send me a a great clip or a timestamp of the Bill Burr podcast, I would love that. Apparently, he's a brother in the Dollar Shave Club. Remember com. Click on the banner Dollar Shave Club bottom. Up the screen. Uh, So what's going on lately is I'm feeling better than I have in a while. I've kind of of been working this job for kind of three and a half years, and it's kind of really kind of like wearing me down, and um, I've never eaten as much as I've eaten the last three and a half years, and I've never been as fat as I am now, and I've never drunk as much as I've drunk the last three and a half years. I'd say over the course of about the last 72 weeks, I have quit drinking each week and then started back up again, depending on how stressful the week was, on either Friday, Thursday, Wednesday, Tuesday. And I think it even got to the point that work was so ridiculous um, that a few of us started on Monday. Uh, So what that's done, is I, I realized in the past few days, it's really made me, Counterproductive in a bunch of other aspects of my life. Uh, so, and and now you know I'm I'm uh, 16 days uh, off the sauce, and it's like, oh wait a second, hey, hey, my head is starting to get a little clearer. Like for instance, I woke up on a Saturday, feeling like you know that feeling when uh, everything just feels a little better. Everything sounds better. Everything looks better, tastes better, etc. That's the kind of feeling that I was getting on uh, Saturday. And then it kind of repeated a little bit on Sunday. And anyway, it's just been kind of three and a half years of a hot mess and I'm trying to move into uh, not that. So uh, that's been kind of the process for the last few days. And uh, it's, it's, it's really eye-opening and whatnot. And I think that uh, over the weekend, Weekend, of course, is the time that I would engage in the most frivolity. Uh, On Friday, um, what I did was I got dinner with my friend, uh, Casey, a friend from Syracuse, and we went to some uh, vegetarian spot in the West Village. Didn't conflict with my diet uh, and didn't drink anything that night, which I found uh, was new for a Friday night. Absolutely necessary. And then... um, Saturday uh, I uh, Saturday and Sunday, went to the gym both days, had great workouts both days, and uh, stuck to this, this diet that I've been on that I've been try- like, th- going on and off for a few years now. So uh, this time it's, it's lasted longer than before. Um, and what happened on Saturday was that my friend Tom, who actually comes on the show every Wednesday night, and nine he had a cabaret at the duplex in the village that I went to, and uh I was there with uh his daughter, my friend Lulu, and a couple of her friends and uh it, what what I did was because it's it's an environment that I'm used to uh maybe not being completely uh sober at i um I had uh, two club sodas that was it that's the last two times of the duplex I managed to do that, and it was fine it was good. Um, and then, uh, on Sunday, went to see my friend Katie's improv show at, uh, the People's Improv Theater, which was also great, and that was a storytelling show, so both shows were great, two shows and two nights, and I found that, like, over, like, since I've been working this job, over the last three and a half years, I get this, like, crippling depression on Sundays that makes me not want to do anything, but, uh, I, like, force myself, uh, to go to Katie's uh, thing yesterday and it was great. It's called Shut Up Storytelling Thing, All Female Storytelling Thing. She hosts it once a month and it's fantastic. There was a great crowd. It was very funny. Um, So you should check that out. And uh, Tom Fogre's thing on Saturday at the Duplex was a a cabaret tribute to an artist that I have not uh, heard much about, but apparently she wrote a bunch of songs that I know, uh, Carol Bayer Sager, and that was really fun and wonderful. And uh, My friend Lulu, the director, Tom's daughter. Uh, Tom, as I said, you may know him from uh, our Wednesday night show. He comes on and delivers the hot mess awards, and then he jokes off with me and John Weeks every Wednesday. Uh, his daughter Lulu suggested that we go to uh, Brooklyn Bowl to do hip hop karaoke after the after the show on Saturday. And I immediately thought, well, you know, I've, I've never been able to be there at that particular location uh, without being absolutely wasted. So uh, I said immediately, uh, yeah, no, can't do that. Uh, even though I love hip-hop, I love karaoke, I knew it wasn't the place to be at the time. I think I got to get used to being in these locations uh, with, you know, without sauce. Also, uh Brooklyn Bowl is just a stressful place I think. You know, you got the bowling and you got the bars and you got the the concerts and the stage and the dancing and it's it's too much. Um and I remember that bowling there is actually quite stressful because the if the lanes are like
2: slippery and they don't
1: feel right and the balls don't feel right, nothing feels right there. So hence I declined the head offers, but I hope they had a, a good time there um, and uh, got a lot of work done over the weekend, which I think has been hindered uh, for the most part for a while now. Uh, all right, so what I'm going to do now is break you off with a little piece of uh, our first guest, Frank Polangi. Uh, the song is off his EP called I Am Ready, which is available now. It's called Boo Hoo, we'll be right back with the man himself.
3: She's trying to leave, she's trying, trying, just to please, I think to myself, stop it now, you are caught in your web, it'll feel like hell, the hysterical, a miracle, counting the days, thinking I'd come in some flower vase, sorry, the so sorry, can you forgive, the
1: talented rock and roller from upstate new york his new ep is called i am ready please welcome to the program frank Polangi. frank how are you hey man pretty good how you doing pretty good sir am i pronouncing the last name all right is it is it different than what i'm saying yeah it's
0: Polangi. yep you got it right <laughs> oh holler okay great uh so tell us a little bit about what we just heard uh, that was a track of mine called Boo Hoo off the EP, and for me it was more of like a, an experimental track, 'cause it's got know, it's got some rock, got some country in it. I was like, you know, let's just try it. I'm like, you know, if it, if it comes out bad, it comes out bad. If it comes out good, then uh, we'll use it. So <laughs> that's pretty much what happened with it.
1: You sound like every director in a in a show in a play I've ever been in. You know, if if you if you go too big. That's fine, but you've got to go there, and if we need to, we'll bring it back. It could be bad, but you got to take the risk. Exactly. <laughs> so, Frank, your bio says you are a positive, driving rock artist. What does that mean?
0: Uh, basically, I try to make positive rock music, you know, anything that's uh, inspirational, uplifting. Um, but I still like that raw, aggressive sort of sound. I mean... It, my influences are coming from like Metallica to Three Days Grace to Daughtry um, to some Christian rock stuff. So it's all it's all kind of compiled into one. You know, I, I think all the songs about you know drinking and and having girls and stuff around are are great, but it's you know for 30 years those songs have been written, <laughs> and I want to I want to sing about stuff that um, matters just a little bit more. Put it that way. Yeah, it's amazing
1: how you know how many songs can people write about the same thing. I guess you just change the melody a little
0: bit and chord progression, and you, you got a new hit. So, I guess yeah. I mean, I don't want to song. copy anybody either. I mean, I I, I just think <laughs> after a while you're just turning the wheels. Now, the whole positive driving rock artist. Uh, does driving actually have to do with driving in that statement? <laughs> no, like you know, just kind of <laughs> driving like the. The energy, I don't know. <laughs> oh. I do have a song called Driving These Lions, so I think maybe I've got part of it from that. Oh, okay. Um, so you're talking about being a positive
1: influence, connecting to your fans, interacting personally. Um, you're quoted as saying, it has been a blessing meeting great people, reaching out with my music to help them with their hard times. How important is uh, connecting to your fans and your listeners?
0: it's It's everything I mean, besides actually creating the song, that's pretty much what's left I mean, without um you know fan support or it reaching people, you know you're pretty much just stuck you know get stuck in your c d player or wherever you listen to it and uh you know it's the stories and stuff I get. I get a lot of people emailing me from Facebook and stuff saying you know my my father just died or you know I'm having a really bad time right now, I lost my job, but um, you know, I'm I'm listening to this tune, or this this one girl. Um, she has cancer, and she goes, "I'm putting it on my kick-ass, you know, fight cancer list." So I was like, wow. you know, that that's awesome. So it's part of her. Um, it's kind of like going to the gym in the morning. You got to get revved up. Yeah. So it's it's stuff like that that you know it amazes me because um, you know I, I don't really even. You know, you think about that, you know, it's like it just kind of blows your mind. Well, at some
1: point, you actually had a, an illness in your childhood that you, you had to
0: overcome. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, I've been sick pretty much all my life, but I, when I was younger, I had some stuff going on, and I had, on top of that, like chronic asthma and allergies, and it, you know, limited me from doing a lot of things. And I think that's why I turned to music and film, because it's some stuff that I could do, in controlled situations for the time, you know, you can play guitar in the house and stuff, and this and that. And eventually, you know, as I uh, grew up, I kind of I grew out of it a little bit, even though I still got to be careful. And um, mm-hmm. it kind of shaped some of my personality, I guess, too, because I wasn't off going to parties every weekend. I wasn't off uh, doing a thousand sports. You know, I haven't broken any bones or anything, so I could still play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So it's, uh, you know, it's, it's some sacrifices and stuff that I made, but I think um, that's part of my drive now is just, you know, to overcome that. Okay. And uh, when it
1: comes to uh, falling back on, on something besides music, you, you say you have no plan B, and I'll, I'll tell you that I'm, I'm living plan B right now, and it sucks. So when did you make <laughs> that decision,
0: and how were you able to make a living without a fallback fall plan? A couple years ago, um, I pretty much decided just to quit my job and and, and start to, uh, you know, play around with things. You know, I I played around locally, and uh, I started, you know, doing recordings and stuff in the basement and just learning as much as I can, and I had made three demo CDs, and I met the band uh, Day of Fire at a local club, and they heard my CD, and basically I went to their producer, and a couple days later they called me, we were talking and about 3 or 4 months later we were down in Tennessee and and then I kind of got the taste of working with people that have been in the industry, you know, they know what they're doing. You know, recording in studios that um, you know, famous people have recorded at and and I, I loved it and I go, "All right, you know, this is where um I want to go and I want to grow from here." So from from there, which was 2010, that was kind of turning point into what a, like the semi-professional attitude or whatever you want to call it and um, giving it a, a, a real shot in the industry part of it. You know, what do I have to do to kind of break in, break some doors down, and and what do I have to play with, you know? Right. So that was 2010. And then take me to 2012,
1: where you placed in the top 50 for the Grammy Live contest. Who came in ahead of you, and how do we take them out?
0: <laughs> well, I think... Um, uh, something kings were the winner, and they're they're still playing out. I know if they're still playing around. I think it's like almost kings or uh, I can't remember, but I honestly don't know who who the first forty nine were wherever <laughs> I placed i don't know <laughs> uh-huh. I just know i was I was in the top fifty when it ended, and i was uh I got on fox twenty three here in my state, and they did a piece on it, and we were trying to just get everybody to vote and yeah, I'm glad I went that far with it. And, um, you know, that's kind of when uh, I Am Ready shot around, you know. So that, that really, the one song there really just turned things around. I'm glad you mentioned that song because uh, we're about to play
1: it. So what do you want people to know about I Am Ready, sir?
0: Well... I mean, I wrote it after the time I came back from Tennessee, and I was like, you know, where do I go from here? What do I write, and do I want to you know, expand in my style, and what do I do? So I switched producers, and I kind of went a different route, and I wanted to write a song based off of what I felt, I felt like I was ready. You know, I wanted to just go and do some of the music stuff like everybody else does, and um, that's what that song is, but the core of it, is you know your passion your drive for something that you love and don't don't give it up you know just go for it
1: alright it's a good attitude to have this is Frank Polanzi with I Am Ready we'll be right back with Frank I have
3: this feeling it was born inside me how can I grow with My passion leading nowhere Not a day has gone by Fighting, staying true So listen close
1: This uh, new EP, also entitled I Am Ready, is produced by Rob Coates, who also produced for David Archuleta. Now, when I listen to you, Frank, I don't think Archuleta. Is there anything similar about your music and the
0: American Idol runner-up? <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> Rob's actually, I mean, he's worked with him, but, you know, he, he's actually uh, a rock producer at heart, so that's what he loves to do. And, uh you know it'd be really hard for somebody who didn't like rock to to produce something like that you know so
1: yeah certainly is a rocking song and tell me a bit more about the the new record uh, what can your fans expect to hear from you on this EP
0: um i basically have a bonus track on there that i wrote for my grandfather back in 2007 when he passed away and uh i decided just to take like the acoustic track from way back then and just re record some new vocals and kinda do a little remix and do it as a um, a bonus thing. More so for him rather than like I don't I don't really care what people think, like how it sounds. So <laughs> like mm-hmm. I like it or I don't like it, I'm like, that's cool, I just put it on there for, for myself, for him. But um I mean there's there's Frozen which is more like a ballad track. Um there's a music video out for it on uh YouTube right now that they did up at a local college up here. And, um, we, uh, you know, I try to keep everything local, like some of the videos and stuff I work on. I, you know, I try to get the kids that are interested in film or in music, you know, that want to get into that industry and, and work on some stuff. But, you know, I, I like turning it all around. I've been getting a really good response with that. It's, it reminds me of maybe something of like a skillet type style. I mean, it's a little more upbeat and it's, um, it's pretty, I don't know, it's like that straightforward rock, you know.
3: Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. I don't
0: really not how to describe it, but... <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. Uh, well, um, also, uh, this guy, Lester Estelle Jr., drummed on your album, and he's been uh, Kelly Clarkson's
0: drummer. What's, what's with you and these American Idol people? <laughs> I have no idea. He actually just got the job after we recorded it, so... It wasn't before, <laughs> uh, but I liked him. So he he, he was, drummed um, after
1: he drummed on your album after, or you mean
0: he worked for Kelly Clarkson after? After he works for Kelly, yeah, 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 yeah. Right Got now it. he is. He's probably I think they're recording something right now. But um, at the time he was, you know, he's been the drummer for Pillar for a while, and he was just doing studio work and stuff. And you know, through my producer, he goes, you know, what, what about Lester? And I go. Yeah, he's pretty cool. He's pretty solid. So I think he's a perfect fit. I don't really see anybody else drumming those songs besides him with, with them coming out that way. Um, but I, you know, I don't know with American Idol. I, I just, I don't want to be on American Idol. So <laughs> I don't know what it is Uh And uh, no, you prefer the voice, correct? Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. But I, I did audition for America's Got Talent just for the heck of it. Oh, did you? How did that go? Uh, didn't go because I, yeah, I don't think you heard about me on there, so <laughs> didn't go anywhere.
1: <laughs> You're better off. Um,
3: yeah.
1: And speaking of all these people and the instruments they play, you are a multi instrumentalist. What What do you play?
0: Uh, I play everything, but on the record, I pretty much just do all the guitar work and um, any of the effects stuff. You know, whether it's strings or weird sounds or whatever. Um, but I pretty much, you know, I, I picked up things because my friends and stuff used to leave their instruments. You know, one of my friends left their drum kit here, started playing drums. You know, he'd leave his bass, the other guy, and I'd just start playing the bass and stuff. And then I decided um, after high school, you know, why don't I just try doing everything and just making songs up like that? Because, you know, these these kids, they, they're into it one day and then... You know they're off at college or something else happens, and I'm like, I'm I'm not dealing with this anymore. I'm just gonna write what I'm picturing in my head and and try it that way.
1: Okay. Uh, so is that kind of the reason that you wanted to pick up all those different instruments? You you wanted to express what was going on in in your head?
0: Yeah, I mean, um, it's nice to have other people play them. You know, like I I don't really i don't know if i'd ever do drums for my own stuff um Mm -hmm. it's just you know you add other flavors and other ideas and stuff too but it's i don't know it's just the creativity thing and um i don't know being a solo artist i guess (laughs) and frank you
1: mentioned film a couple times you have a film background as well
0: yeah, I've always been a fan of it. Like I've been in a couple of indie films. I've done some score work for some indie stuff and some fan film stuff that's been on the internet. But you know, extras, a couple of theatrical films. I just I like anything creative, you know. And it's like um, you know acting and film and music. You know, it all kind of blends together. So it kind of has helped me with music videos because I you know I I get a sense of you know, I know where the camera is, I know what it's doing, and I know how to act, and I know what the scene is, and I think it'd be a lot harder just like not realizing what was going on and the guy telling you, "Stand right there, you're going to act sad or you're going to do this and go." <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Um and you're speaking of your resume is impressive. You've been featured in Guitar World, Revolver, and you've opened for Fuel, Hurt won the New York Battle to open for Allison James, James Addiction. You were a finalist for Ted Nugent's Rockstar for a day. Did you meet Ted
0: Nugent? No, I didn't win. But I, I did get front row seats to that, which was Ted, Sticks, and Ario, and that was awesome. <laughs> Ted's who? Ted, Yeah, it was Ted Nugent, it was Sticks, oh, oh, and it was Ario. Oh, Ario yeah. Speedwagon? Yeah, yep.
3: <laughs>
0: Woo!
1: Almost let that reference go right by me. Um, And uh, your single, I Am Ready, was nominated for an L.A. Music Award for Best Rock Single. And now who won that, and should we conspire to beat them up?
0: Once again, I don't know. (laughs) I don't check. They tell me, you know, I was like, oh, I didn't win. Okay. It's got to be one of the other three nominated, because there's only four of us. Um, Mm -hmm. I honestly don't know who won. I have no idea. Was it an honor to be nominated? <laughs> yeah, I mean he he was really impressed because I had sent him the stuff and he goes, man, he goes, I, you know, I really like this track and he goes, I'm gonna I'm gonna nominate. He goes, I know you're in New York, but you know we're an LA-based, uh, you know, award ceremony thing, but I'm gonna put it in there for you and um, I mean maybe if I went down there, it would it would turn out different and I could actually represent my own song, but um, couldn't make it. So I go, you know, just being nominated is awesome, you know, I'm, and yeah. I'm not out uh, to win everything. I'm in. So. You know. <laughs>
4: um,
0: and do you have any uh, shows coming up? Any any touring lined up? Uh, I got some stuff uh, still in the winter up here, so I'm not uh, venturing out too far. But um, this Sunday I'll be on the Fox Telethon they have, and that's. I think Channel 7 here at Fox around 5 o'clock and in February I'm actually opening up for Three Doors Down on their acoustic tour right. and That's amazing. Um, it's going to be at the Egg in Albany uh, February 17th I think it's doors open at 7 tickets go from 50 to I think 80 bucks or something like that but they're going to have Couches and stuff on the stage Where fans can come up And they can hang out You know, It's going to be more of a, um, a relaxed atmosphere It's going to be uh, a lot different Than what I'm used to
1: <laughs> Are you used to it's more like intense
0: atmospheres? Uh, Yeah, I'm used to uh, You know, like I picture nobody in the audience standing up Because it's not that type of show You know So I'm well, used to
1: the couches and everything. I'm just picturing like one lady lying down the entire time and ruining everyone else's night. <laughs> no one else gets to turn at the couch.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm hoping that I can invite some of my fans there up on the couch, but they they probably <laughs> have their own people that they invite. But I'm just psyched because, uh, you know, just you get to meet them, you get to talk with them. i feel feeling the band's gonna be more low key. They're not gonna have all their gear. They're not gonna be worrying about. Um, you know, huge stage setups and everything like that. So it's yeah, you know, it's cool. It's it's first time too. It's it's just me and them. And um, you know, it's it's not easy to get these gigs or, or to to even like you think of, like how do you prepare for something like that? But um, how sometimes you just do it. Something like that. Well, practice. Just do it. <laughs> yeah, you gotta have a good set list. Think of the songs, and then you know, it just do what you're naturally born to do and just let it out naturally, you know? Like uh don't yeah. try to uh come up with some elaborate, you know, stage thing and every word you say is is uh scripted, you know? Uh-huh. <laughs> no, yeah, I don't think people go to rock shows for to hear people recite. That's, that's not rock and roll. <laughs> no. Uh and you're are you from Albany? Is that where you're from? I'm an hour north of Albany. Oh, okay. What town? Queensbury.
1: Near, I went to like, college the
0: Adir- they call Queens- it the Adirondacks up here. Oh, okay. I went to college yep. in Syracuse,
1: if that means anything to you.
0: Yeah, it's about three hours, three and a half hours away from me. I've been up Got there it. once for a gig. Oh, yeah. Where would you play up there? I was at, it was a, music-y, a music industry conference, and we played whatever the convention center is, and. I forgot the place There's a dinosaur barbecue And there was like A theater place Was it the Landmark theater Or the No It was really small. War memorial It was like A Did 50 it? person Type of oh. Small theater <laughs> Okay
1: <laughs> Well As uh, long as you were there um, So Follow him on Twitter At Frank Polanzi And uh, Frank I just have One last question for you Are you ready? I am. (laughs) All right. Um,
0: Anything else you want to say before we go? Uh, Yeah, you know, just if you guys want to connect, I'm on Facebook, Twitter. You can find all my stuff on BestBuy.com, iTunes, Amazon, Spotify. I do have a new single coming out in April, and you guys will be able to download it for free. It's called Hope. And tomorrow, actually, I have um a cover single from Free Fallen coming out with a country artist, uh Christina Christian from Alabama. So that'll be on YouTube tomorrow if you want to check it out. Free Fallin' like the Tom Petty song? Yeah, yeah, just like an acoustic cover with with um right. with the track going pretty much. Awesome. All right Frank. Well it's been a pleasure. Check him out. Frank Polanzi, thank you so much, sir. Thanks guys, I appreciate it and I'll talk to you guys soon.
1: All right. Take care. Have a good night. See you guys. Oh. All right. And that was Frank. And uh, I'm not sure who he meant by guys. There's only one of me here. Uh, but my next guest, new EP Everything I Love is available now. Please welcome to the program Stephen James Wiley. Stephen, how are you, sir? I'm excellent. How are you doing, madam I'm doing all right. Um, tell me a, a little bit about yourself. So I know that your your kind of newfound reinvigoration with music came from you were kind of down in the dumps after a, a business venture fell through.
2: <clears throat> yeah. Um, basically, I mean, I grew up playing music at church big time uh, from an early age and then uh, kind of gave it up after got married and kind of got into the business world, started uh, developing real estate and investing and stuff like that and had a good run and then things went real downhill. Uh, when the market t- changed, and so that kind of changed our life big time, um, and it kind of was the opportunity, though, to find my passion for music again <clears throat> in a, you know, just, I mean, everybody loves art. Everybody wants to do something artistic, and, and it's uh, it's not often you actually take time to devote to, to do it and uh, and get after it, so this has kind of been a cool season for me to just, dig down and, and start recording stuff and writing stuff so it's been cool awesome um
1: and uh, I, I guess you, you kind of got back into it by watching country videos is that right
2: yeah well we lost our house and and uh and we were building a new house we lost that house too so we moved into my oh. parents basement and kind of just Rethought our lives, my wife and I, and we had a kid at the same exact time. And I just sat there because you know you're just—I refuse to like just have a knee-jerk reaction to things. So I would just sit and watch country music videos, and because and, MTV just—I'm at a point in life where it just kind of sucks, and uh I don't really care. Feel so, like <laughs> I don't—it's I just I'm probably a crotchety old bastard with him. But um, I loved the country music stuff. It was hitting me where I was living. Family stuff, all that jazz, and and uh, and it was cool. So I, that kind of fired me up, and, and uh, I don't know. It's a weird. It sounds kind of cheesy, I guess, but that was it, dude.
1: No, not at all. Where where, where do you find music videos on television these days?
2: Uh, I think we yeah, it was on CMT, the Country Music Television Network, or uh, GAC, Great American Country. Um, oh, okay. But I, I, but those are the only two places I'm. I'm aware of. Although in Nashville, I got some weird <laughs> small channels you can watch weird stuff on. Country, old old country videos,
1: <laughs> weird stuff. I'll have to I'll have to venture out there <laughs> to see weird stuff. So tell me well, about yeah. the new EP. It's called Everything I Love. Your bio says it's sophisticated pop. Um, what does that mean?
4: Man, I wish
2: I knew. Um, <laughs> no, I did... <it, laughs> Well, it's kind of diverse, um, like the tune, everything I love, the actual title track, that's kind of country balladish, Um, and I wrote that actually in my parents' basement when I was kind of reflecting on the fact that we had no money, but I had all this kind of important stuff around that really had value and that was kind of becoming true. But then you got other tunes in there like Beautiful Souls, which is the last track and that's a real kind of more of an ambient thing. Um, and, uh, you know, lots of delay and, and just kind of meditative. So it's not like you could say, yeah, this is a country EP, because it's really not. Um, there's a tune on there with Christine Dente, um, who she was the lead singer in the group Out of the Gray, which was like a Christian group in the 90s. They were really great artists. When I was growing up, I loved their music. But um, And that's kind of like just uh, kind of adult contemporary pop type thing. So it's it's all over the map. I guess you can call that sophisticated, but that's that's what it is.
1: I guess, uh, you know, we're calling you sophisticated pop. What are some examples of unsophisticated pop, do you think?
2: Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to me, it's like everything's got its element of sophistication. So it's, uh, you know, I mean, unsophisticated might be that it's just more like a, well, what would it be? Unsophisticated would be like uh Oh, shoot, I had it in my head. Like uh, Pearl Jam 10, it's one of the greatest records ever, but it's a total straightforward rock record, right? Mm -hmm. So maybe we could call that unsophisticated, but that doesn't even seem right because I'm a huge Pearl Jam fan, so I don't know.
1: (laughs) I really thought you were going to go a different route with that, like talk about Justin Bieber or Miley Cyrus, but you went with Pearl Jam. Fascinating.
2: Yeah, there I go. I insult the band I love the most, and don't
1: even take my free <laughs> shots. <laughs> awesome. Uh, speaking of bands that I love, the you love the most, I love the band. Uh, you remember the the band Live?
2: Oh yeah, dude. Yeah. What'd they do, uh, 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 so last uh,
1: week on our Wednesday show, they're they're one of my two all time favorite bands. So last week on our Wednesday show, blazing right backstage, my co host John and I. We're talking about early to mid-'90s alternative rock, and specifically we were talking about Ed Koalczyk from Live and his, his emotion. And uh, your bio mm-hmm. says that you draw from the emotionality
2: of that era of music. Who
1: are some of your favorites from that time?
2: Um, I liked Live. Um, my favorites, though, would be uh, Pearl Jam for one, obviously, and then um, Neil Young kind of had a resurgence then, and that's when I got introduced yeah. to him more or less. Um, and so I fell in love with Neil. He's one of my heroes. And then um, Alice in Chains, Soundgarden. Um, and then the, the, on the flip side of that, and, and a lot of people never got to experience it, but there was like, because I grew up in church, and I wasn't even allowed to listen to a lot of those bands that I just said that I loved. But uh-huh. um, I would find a way anyhow, like most good yeah, yeah, you Yeah,
1: know, you know them somehow.
2: <laughs> and But there was a Christian underground Thing that happened in the Northwest with the, and a little bit down the West Coast of a bunch of cool bands that they just they put out records, but not many people heard them, like Poor Old Lou, Rose Blossom Punch, uh, Adam Again. And they were all in the same vibe of the alternative scene that kind of happened, you know, blew up out of Seattle and kind of hit everywhere. And I was in, uh, there's another band called Big Jesus that I like. And so that was kind of in the same vein. It was all the same attitude, really, same passion, emotion, all that stuff. So um, yeah, those would be a few. I mean, those are pretty big mainstream acts for so the ones I mentioned mm-hmm. a minute ago. But but that really, yeah, well, Mad Season, Temple of the Dog, those were good records. Uh, Stuff like that.
1: What a great era! In, in my opinion, that's that's the greatest era of music ever. And I just found out uh, recently that uh, my favorite two bands of all time are are Counting Crows and Live, and you know both products of that era. And oh, yeah. uh, I yeah. found out last week that uh, Live has a new lead singer. Like, I looked on their Spotify, and there's a new guy there, and, and I was horrified.
4: <laughs> That's the trip, dude.
2: Yeah. Is he good? Does what, he sound like the what guy? What did say? Does he sound like the dude, like the old guy? No, nobody can sound like him. I wouldn't think so. I mean, I was kind of <laughs> blown away that the Allison Chains new singer sounds almost... Close, but he's not Lane Staley. But that, dude, the thing is, we're old enough to have that happen. That sucks. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you ain't never <laughs> live. So
2: your new EP
1: we keep talking about, we haven't heard anything from it yet. So let's play the title track off of it, Everything I Love. Tell me a little bit about that song, and we'll we'll play that.
2: Yeah, that song, um, wrote in my parents' basement, just reflecting on my wife, my kid, uh, my new new kid and, you know, just everyone I had in my life at the time and the fact that we had next to nothing and uh, kind of imagining life going forward, hopefully, you know, having a house again and all that stuff and, and just looking back at life and kind of calling it what I saw and, and that's what it's about. It's about family, love, all that stuff. Sounds good. All right, this is Everything I Love with Stephen James Wiley. We'll
1: be right back with Steve.
3: Driving back home at the edge of town Pine in the air, snow falling down I was thinking of everything I love My little girl wants to read me a book My son's trying to help mama cook It's a beautiful night It's everything I love These are the things Are the things that you can't take away Laughing with friends of 25 years Hanging with the boys and having beers Storytelling is everything I love Wife reading on her side of the bed gives me a look and says it's about time I said baby
1: I love off the EP, Everything I Love, which is available wherever records are sold. Where, even are records sold?
2: Uh, in this case, that would be iTunes, Amazon, Spotify, um, your usual online suspects. Uh, I actually don't have any physical copies of it yet right now. Wow. So you've never actually seen
1: a a CD or a a record or a tape or or an
2: 8-track even of of this piece? Not yet. It will be a magical moment yet to come. (laughs) Uh, Another component uh, to your music, we talked about your
1: rock influences, but there's a definite definite storytelling country aspect. Who are your country influences?
2: I'm a huge Keith Urban fan. Uh, That guy's a stud. And I uh, uh, like Kenny Chesney. Um, he doesn't usually uh, write much of his stuff. Um, he pulls from a lot of the Nashville guys. And uh, and Tim McGraw, same thing. Tim doesn't write. He's, I don't think he's ever written any of his hits, but he always finds the best songs. Um, so, that, I mean, I think I'm a huge Taylor Swift fan. That girl can write really great songs. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, yeah, but definitely I mean, Keith Urban's probably my my dude, and I do enjoy Kenny Chesney. I like the, the songs he picks. Um, those two guys watch, are probably my top.
1: Do you watch Keith Urban on the American Idol?
2: You know, I have not. I just I uh, I don't watch a lot of normal TV, so I I miss out on that. <laughs> you on just that, watch that weird Nashville show. videos, right? Yeah, I just find the obscure, you know, Conway Twitty channel
3: <laughs>
1: if you had to choose Steven, between rock and country for the rest of your life one or the other which would you choose
2: oh dude i'd probably have to go rock oh yeah yeah i mean i just there's too much rock in my history that i would not be able to enjoy anymore um if i had to do that and i i'm a am fa- a, like a new school fan of country i I couldn't quote a bunch of Hank Williams tunes or anything. I'm not that. Mm-hmm. I'm not that cool, you know. <laughs> um, so yeah, and, uh, I, I'm a rock guy. And in terms of
1: uh, comparisons, you you've actually been compared to some of your favorites: Pearl Jam, Keith Urban, Kenny Chesney, Willie Nelson, Dave Matthews. Quite the Peter Gabriel. It's quite the array of artists. Who were you uh, most surprised to be compared to?
4: Um. Did you say Willie Nelson in there? <laughs> He's in your bio.
1: Yep.
2: Sweet. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's. I. Yeah. I'm surprised. I mean, I, honest to God, you get surprised if anyone says any of that stuff about you. Um. You just hope you don't sound like a dolphin squeaking or something terrible. So it's. Yeah. I mean, but Willie Nelson. That's probably the most unique one for certain.
1: And I'm. I like
2: Willie. He's. Uh,
1: yeah, I I once uh, inadvertently saw him uh, live in concert because uh, I'm a big uh, Bob Dylan fan, and there mm. was uh, a summer that he toured minor league ballparks with Willie Nelson, and I'm, I'm more of a, a rock guy, as you say, and so I was a bit worried about the show because I figured, you know, maybe since, since Willie is playing with him, maybe Bob's going to be kind of more more country tonight or a little little more acoustic and uh, a little more folk, a little less rock, and uh, Willie took care of that. He came out and he took care of that, and then Dylan came out with some of the most modern-sounding rock I think I've ever heard. Cool. I mean, he I've sounded awful, but that's to be expected. <laughs> you know? yeah, but I love yeah. that. I, I love his, his voice now.
2: Yeah. It's it's why people it's why I like him. It's it's just different. It's, there's nobody else yeah. to like him. <laughs> so which Stephen, I looked I looked this of... up. What? Go ahead. Yeah, no, you you go ahead, sir. I looked it up. Chris Shin. He's the new lead singer of Live. I had to figure that out after he told me that.
1: Yeah. Have you heard of him
2: before? No, but he was in some other band like Unified Theory or something.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I, I couldn't, what I did was I, I turned on, like, the, the new, uh, there, there's a video of their set from when they toured with Everclear, and I got through about a minute of All Over You, and uh, I immediately had to, I, I Googled uh, Ed Kowalczyk solo, singing live song solo, which I found. and So I just decided, I don't know what happened between them. I know there's been lawsuits and stuff. I don't care if he's a major jerk, but I'm on his side because I don't give a shit. Uh, I, I can't. I can't rock with the new guy. Can't do it.
2: Yeah, it, that's a hard deal, man. That's like. I mean, obviously they're in it because they want to keep playing music and they've got a good brand name to go out and tour with. But shoot, yeah, that's Um Stephen, there's a lot
1: of faith and spirituality on your record. How important are those to you?
2: Oh, it's important. I mean. Uh, for me, you know, I, I don't go to church per se, uh, but, you know, my faith is still there and my kind of connection to things of a spiritual nature uh, is really, a bi- it's it's a big part of my daily existence. I definitely believe there's a God and and I think he cares about people and I try to just I'm kind of a love God, love people type dude. You don't really want to make it too complicated, but that's I just feel like if I keep it simple, hopefully I'll do a decent job while I'm here and and uh, treat people good. So, yeah, it's it's there and I'm very grateful for the whatever connection I feel like I I have at times.
1: It's good outlook. Uh
2: all right, so let's play another one of your
1: tracks uh, off the new EP. What what would you like what would you like us to play?
2: Mmm,
4: let's do, uh, uh, how about uh, Beautiful Souls? Is that cool? Or no, that's good a little to me. Let's, well, let's
2: do uh, um, uh-huh. Flower, Flower, that's, that's cool. Okay, so not Beautiful Souls, Flower? No, no, that's a terrible song. We should.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Yeah. let's do Flower, I'd love to, to hear that. I haven't heard that in forever. Okay, t- tell us a little bit about Flower, and we'll play it. It's just a good old love song. Um, it's got some nice chords in it. I don't know what they are, but they sounded good when I played it, wrote it. So it it's uh, it's just a good love song. Kind of was thinking of my wife at the time, but it's uh, just a good love song, calling your girl a flower, essentially. Now you say you didn't know what the chords were. Do you not do you not read music? Do you just play by ear or something? Yeah, I'm not a very uh outstanding guitar player. I just try to find things that sound good. I mean, I know my basic chords, you know, your good old open chords. Um, yeah. you know, especially if you're writing country tunes, that's kind of essential, but uh but this one I was doing some interesting little fingering stuff with the and I don't know I still to this day don't know what the chords are, but they worked and it sounded nice, and so I I stuck with it. All right. Well, someone's got to transcribe them one day. Uh, This is Stephen James Wiley With Flower
1: Off the new EP Everything I Love We'll be right back With Stephen
3: Rain falls on Monday Gets me thinking about Love and change Rain falls on Tuesday It gets me thinking about yesterday Cloudy on my Wednesday But no matter Somewhere Somebody's falling in love Every day You are the flower Now it's Saturday and I'm with you So I'm gonna finally pray
2: Well actually the the it's a side project called Red Cabin uh, is the band name and it's kind of post rock ambient together. It's uh it, post rock would be like you're using distorted guitars and stuff but it there's no the song structure isn't really like verse chorus verse chorus bridge chorus chorus. Mm-hmm. You know it's just it's more cinematic I guess but it's got a, it's got the rock influences there's like a band called Hammock that I love. Um Mark Bird and Andrew Thompson. Um, really cool stuff. And it's just lots of delay, lots of uh of just um ambient stuff, but then you'll end up with different sections and stuff, but it can be kind of cinematic. You could hear you could think of it in a lot of, you know, movie it's almost like a soundtrack for your daily life. Something like that. <laughs> so I'm working on that and there's going to be like some vocal tunes on it and then there's a lot of like uh, synth stuff uh, in it too but I'm really stoked about it it's going to have some acoustic tracks in there and so it'll kind of flow in and out of like instrumental and like vibey vocal stuff that's not really lyrical
0: and then it'll go into
2: maybe a couple real lyric tunes and then I'm actually I have another solo project that's about half done it's called Acoustics of Sorrow Uh, more uh, like an alt rock Acoustic thing. Um, it sounds sad. Acoustics
1: of sorrow. Yeah. Sounds so sad.
2: Yes, and it is. It's going to be. I mean, it's yeah. it's going to be true to form. It's going to be like totally pure to its content. It's just if you're in a good <laughs> mood, you won't want to listen to it. So. <laughs> um, <laughs> and you mentioned that some
1: are solo projects, some are not. Uh, you're you're uh, in a band, sir.
2: Yeah, I mean, Red Cabin really is mostly my baby, but I've just I've had a couple friends here in Nashville that have uh, been working with me on it, so they've offered kind of brought their creative point of view into it as well. But it's really just a way to differentiate what I'm doing there from my solo stuff, because um, in the end, it's 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 my deal too. But it's totally uh, such a different uh, vibe and style that I figured um, it's going to cater to. P- quite possibly a whole different group of people than people who might enjoy my solo stuff.
1: hmm. Okay, cool. Um and <clears throat> the uh i am assuming that uh since you don't watch normal television that you don't watch the T V show Nashville by any chance, do you?
2: You know, I started out watching it um it like uh, when it was new, like the first, you know, month or two. Because when mm-hmm. you, like we live here in Franklin, which is, you know, fifteen miles south of Nashville and and it's like, Yeah, I know that place. I've been there. I've played there. All you know, it's all fun and kind of exciting and they totally romanticize and uh build up the glorious fantasy of Nashville beautifully. So it makes you feel cool for living here. But then I totally lost track and, and once it's one of those shows that everything is a cliffhanger at the end of every episode there's something else, yeah. some new drama. And yeah, yeah. I was I was starting to get stressed out, so I just
3: figured it out there. <laughs> I,
2: okay. move well, I, I love it. Love that. It's show. a great show. <laughs> um, where,
1: where are I've you? I've never are been to new? Nashville. Huh? Okay.
2: I don't know where you're located.
1: I'm in are Brooklyn, New coast?
2: York. Oh, okay. Sorry, I can I can figure out what area code I was calling. So, cool. <laughs> uh, have you Have you been to New York? No, that's a hilarious—not very hilarious story. I, I almost got to New York. I was on the the bridge. The I was trying to go in the Holland Tunnel, mm-hmm. and it was t- it was two in the morning. I was driving a rental car for a friend up to Maine, and I thought, "Man, I'm not tired. I'm going to drive into downtown New York and get a cup of coffee or something." I've never been to New York, and it was like all magical and lit up. And I got to the toll booth thing, which I didn't realize it's like an iron fortress of toll booths to get into New York. And I had no cash. And so I had to do this awful U-turn and held up traffic and people are honking and yelling at me. And I just wanted to go home. Like, I'm scared. You people are mean. But it was rad looking. I hope to go back sometime. I totally want to go. So...
1: And that's why you don't travel while Chris Christie is the governor of New Jersey.
2: I I blame him entirely. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. So you can visit sjwmusic.com for all the latest Stephen James Wiley news also on Twitter, uh, Steven underscore Wiley. And
2: uh, last thing, any, any concerts coming up for us? No, man, I haven't been playing for a while. One, because I've been recording a lot, and two, my wife uh, put out two uh, works of fiction in a the part of a series of fantasy fiction this last year, and so I've been helping her get those okay. released, and I actually did uh, a, like a, a Red Cabin song for for the second book when it came out for her trailer thing we made for the book, so, and I'm just starting to write my own first novel right now.
1: Um, oh, yeah? What's, so what's I'm, it going to be about?
2: It is going to be a, a fantasy fiction novel that might... I'm still fleshing out the outline of it, but it'll hopefully be a series of maybe like three or four books, um, and it and it's based out of the same uh, world as her series is, and at some point they'll probably intersect, so that we'll have like these two converging stories, um, and these place in a uh, another realm called Alandria, and then there's also a bunch of stuff going on here in the, the mortal world. And it's like elves and fairies and shifters and things like that. So it's kind of a trip. I never uh, thought I'd write something like this, but I'm stoked. And it actually inspires some kind of fun music, too. I did a soundtrack for her first book with my friend Blair Masters. Uh, her first book was called Silent Orchids. And uh, if people go to iTunes and look me up, they'll see that record there. It's real pretty, very piano-based uh stuff. Blair's a phenom piano player. And uh I'm, so yeah. I'm confused when you say soundtrack for a book, do and when you turn the
1: pages, is is there a score playing?
2: No, no. I it's, it's the wrong word. I should say music inspired by. That'd be better. Got gotcha. But it's it's kinda yeah, I wanted it to be vibey enough and not like dominant to where if somebody wanted to put it on in the background while they were reading, they totally could. And it would be Uh just really mellow and chilled out. But uh, I don't know if anyone has done that, but I just figured it was a cool idea and we did it.
1: Is it going to be like a, a, is it a young adult series or for adults?
2: Yeah, it's, it's young adult fiction. Um, if, if you look up, uh, morganwiley.net, that's my wife. And actually, if you go to my website and go to my friends section, I have links to different people that i work with and, and my wife's on there as well. And you can, um, you be can actually be. download the first the first book for free on Amazon right now. Really, awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, the, uh, if I
1: may make a, a suggestion, you know, we've got a lot of we got a lot of sexy vampires and, and wizards and stuff.
2: Maybe just a suggestion,
1: <laughs> y- you throw
2: in some gargoyles. You might be onto something. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna jot that down.
1: And I'll, I'll I'll it, that's where that's the next thing. Gargoyles.
2: I think it's sexy. I get excited just thinking about
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, Stephen James Wiley, it has been a pleasure, sir. Um, I wish you well, and uh, I think that that's it. So uh, have a wonderful night.
2: Man, it's a huge honor to be on your show, man. I, I appreciate it, and I wish you the best. And uh, if I can ever do anything for you, let me know.
1: Oh, I appreciate that. Pleasure's is all mine, sir. Thank you, sir. Take, take care. I'll see you. You too. Bye. All right, Stephen James Wiley. Again, sjwmusic.com. And check out Frank Palangi on the Facebook and Twitter. Um, and uh, remember to vote, shortyawards.com slash Vote for uh, Blaze and and Podcaster. All right, if you, if you take that away from my rambling during this episode, at the beginning and at the end, uh, that's what I would like you to take. Uh, and just tell your friends. Tell your enemies, tell your sister, wives, tell their girlfriends, tell your babies. Yeah, hey, that's another thing. Maybe make your babies get Twitter accounts and your pets. I had a dog or cat. I had a cat vote for me once. No, maybe it was a dog. I don't remember. But shout out to really Chrissy who had the, and I think it was a cat. Um, Podcaster, shortyworth.com slash blazing rye. Big ups to Frank Palangie's. Big up to Stephen James Wiley. What a delightful night of conversation and wonderful music tonight, and I appreciate that to no end. Um, remember, we are always downloadable on iTunes. And if you don't have an iPhone or an iPad, or uh, you know, or you don't want to join this century with uh, having iTunes or some sort of iOS or whatever, you can always download the show for free a few minutes after the show's over. You can download what you're hearing now for free on blueberry.com slash Blaze and Ride. That's Blueberry without the E's. Blueberry without the E's. And that's a nice way for the PC users out there to download them and the Droid users and whatnot. Um, Also, Blog Talk Radio listen to us live every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and every Wednesday uh, you're in for a far different show. It's called Blaze and Ride Backstage. Unfortunately, I'm still on there. But, um, I'm I'm doing this, this is kind of like a living the dream here, doing this Blazing Ride backstage show. I've always wanted to co-host a show with my friend and now colleague, Jonathan Weeks, the shade to my batter-in-law. He is a friend from home. As far as I know, he's never been in the entertainment industry before. Uh, he's always been in, you know, very more professional uh, type, uh, not that I shouldn't say that, but, but he's been in the, the legal field and such, um, but... Co-hosting with him on Wednesdays is the biggest joy in my life right now, so uh, please do us a favor and listen Wednesdays at 9, and you can also nominate Blaze and Ride backstage if you nominate at VR backstage in web show and weird. So far, that show's been nominated in web show and weird, all right? And then shortywards.com slash Blaze and nominate Blaze and Ride podcaster, and we'll be all set. The other great thing about the backstage show is that, you know, it's just rather, it's, it's, just, a, it's just a conversation, and then halfway through, um, we have a wizard come on. We were just talking about gargoyles and vampires and wizards. We have an actual wizard who lives, I shit you not, on Waverly Place in the village, in Manhattan, in New York, in New York, all right? The wizard of Waverly Place, Tom Fogarty. Uh, brilliant, award-winning director, choreographer, etc. Tom Foverty, brilliant guy, John Weeks. I don't know what to call him other than that. Brilliant guy. Uh, and, and 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 just, uh, it's, it's a great time. So listen to that if you want to get your free funny on. All right. So we'll catch you guys on Wednesday for Blazing Right Ride backstage. And before I forget, on Monday uh, at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, A week from tonight, we have singer, actor, entertainer extraordinaire, Cara Keechee. So be sure to tune in for that. That should be freaking exciting. She has a cover of a Beastie Boys song now called Fight, which is charting up there with One Direction and Miley Cyrus and Taylor Swift and Britney Spears and, you know, uh, James Blunt. Is he still up there? I don't know. I just heard him on a mix of Spotify's top tracks today, so I'm just saying his name. Uh, but she is the shit. So tune in next week, 8 o'clock, Monday night. But before that, tune in to Backstage, Wednesday, 9 o'clock. All right? Anyway, I can think of no better way of ending the show than saying "If It ain't showbiz. It ain't a biz. Hit the brakes, Florence. And um, how about
4: this? I have a dream that one day This nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. At the heart of their concerns, this query has often loomed large and loud. Why are you speaking about the war, Dr. King? Why are you joining the voices of dissent? Peace and civil rights don’t mix, they say. The nonviolent resistor not only avoids external physical violence, but he avoids internal violence of spirit. He not only refuses to shoot his opponent, but he refuses to hate him and he stands with understanding goodwill at all times. I not long. How long? because the arc of the moral universe is long but it bends towards us. These great experiences are not based on a bargaining relationship, not an "if, faith, but a though faith. And I'm coming to my conclusion now. And I want to say to you this morning, my friends, that somewhere along the way, you should discover something that's so dear, so precious to you so eternally worthful that you will never give it up. You ought to discover some principle. You ought to have some great faith that grips you so much that you will never give it up. Like anybody, I would like to live a long life. Longevity has its place. But I'm not concerned about that now. I just want to do God's will. And he's allowed me to go up to the mountain. And I've looked over. And I've seen the promised land.